0: another episode of the sports beat with richard holdridge how is everybody doing out there in the chattahoochee valley i am your host richard holdridge and we have got a jam-packed show i do not have a guest today because i have a full slate of coverage all over the chattahoochee valley there's a lot to get into so stay tuned it's going to be a great show this is episode 613, just in case you're keeping score at home. And I also want to remind all my listeners that you are listening to us on Newton's Zone WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. And we are brought to you by Wishbone Fried Chicken, Jersey Mike's, and Active Pest Control. And on the show today, I'm going to talk about the Columbus River Dragons. And Columbus Rapids as they wrap up their season. I'm also going to recap the NFL draft and the big winners and losers from the three days of the NFL draft. And we're also going to get into high school baseball playoffs and softball as it's just going on all week and it is just an incredible time. And I've had a great weekend. I hope that you were able to as well. It's really. Been a fun weekend. I mean, it was not the result that we wanted as far as the Columbus River Dragons. I did go to game one of the divisional final on Friday, and the River Dragons looked great. And this is the reason why you play for home ice all season because they just looked unstoppable at home. I knew it was going to be a tough challenge going up against their hated rival, the Carolina Thunderbirds, and they went up there for games two and games three. Game two, it looked like the River Dragons were in control. They were up three to nothing. They were up four to one. And I felt like the River Dragons had all the momentum to punch their ticket to the Commissioner's Cup final. But that wasn't the case. The Carolina Thunderbirds did not quit. Hussey was just standing on his head. I mean, he had some incredible saves. It was the longest game in FPHL history. I happened to listen to the broadcast and Tom Callahan What a phenomenal job. And it reminded me of game three of the Commissioner's Cup final last year where Watertown beat Columbus in double overtime. It was one of those games. There were two evenly matched teams. Carolina clawed their way back into the game, and it was a back-and-forth game. And it was tied after regulation, and I felt like the River Dragons dominated that overtime. They just could not get the shot in the back of the net. And like I said, Hussey was... Incredible for Carolina. And anytime you have an emotional game like Game Two Saturday night, it is hard to turn around the next day and build out that momentum and and try to get the victory in Game Three. Carolina was playing at home, and Carolina had all the confidence in the world because they were able to come back on Columbus and they win it in overtime on a power play goal. And first of all, I didn't like the idea that they called a penalty. There in overtime, the only penalty of overtime, and it led to a power play goal by Carolina. Both teams were evenly matched. The Columbus River Dragons had many opportunities. I thought that Paul Frego had an incredible game. Jiminoff uh, as well. You had Josh Pietrantono with a goal in that game. And now let's get to game three because I was listening to game three on YouTube. I was actually doing yard work Sunday, and I had the the headphones in, so I was listening to the River Dragons game on my phone while it was being broadcasted on YouTube, and it was not the start that the River Dragons wanted. Carolina jumped out to a 3-0 lead. Now, the decision to uh, not put uh, Brendan Colgan in at goalkeeper, I mean – in hindsight, you look at, you know, he's played two straight games, and including a double overtime game. And I can understand the move, but I think that Brendan Coolgan has just been incredible. So is Hussey for Carolina, that I think you got to just stick with the hot goalkeeper. He comes back in, and the River Dragons, they make a valiant effort. I mean, they came back, however, their season comes to a close as Carolina defeats them four to three, and they will advance to the Commissioner's Cup final, where Carolina will await the winner of Danbury and Beamonton, which are playing in a winner-take-all game three today, Monday. So, as you're watching me on Facebook Live, I mean this is April 30th, but on for the radio audience, May the first, Happy Justin Timberlake Day. If you don't get that, you can message me later. But it is the first day of May, and, you know, unfortunately the River Dragons season came to an end. But they've had such an incredible season. I enjoyed watching every minute of it. I'm just thankful that the River Dragons are in this community and, and just the job that they have done. And how about Tom Callahan in his first year calling River Dragons games? What a job. Incredible season for Tom Callahan and I cannot wait until he calls Columbus Chattahoots and Chattahoochee Monsters games that's going to be a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to that but the River Dragons will be back for the 2023-2024 season in year 5 as they will have the the V on uh, their jerseys as we know that they're going to be in Columbus for the next 5 years and we also know that jay Krupp's coming back so Definitely looking forward to seeing him get his 100th career goal. This was a mixture of great you know, veterans like Jay Krupp and Josh Pietrantono. But also you had the young players like Alex Storjehan really step up. And then Jacob Kelly had a great year. And then you had some players that came on as of late. I loved what Michael Greco did as the enforcer. You know, the River Dragons are not going anywhere. They are a great team that's going to be here in the Fountain City for years to come, and I can't wait till next season. It's just that they were playing a very good Carolina team that led the season series, so they won the tiebreaker. And home ice, I've been talking about this all season long, home ice makes all the difference in the world. I think that going up to Carolina, and you had to get game two because the way it ended, and how Carolina was able to win, it's really hard to try to get off the mat for game three. And, and Carolina just had all the momentum going into game three. But congratulations. It was a great season. I'm going to transition from one season ending to another season ending. The Columbus Rapids men and women's team, both their seasons came to an end yesterday yesterday. As they went down to the Yingling Center to take on the Tampa Bay Strikers, it was a win and in scenario for both teams because Tampa Bay was able to beat Central Florida. I know I said on the earlier broadcast that, that the Columbus Rapids women's team clinched not so fast. There was that one game that Tampa Bay had to win, and they were able to beat Central Florida. And Tampa Bay gets the tiebreaker over Columbus, and they have the goal differential. So both teams... The women's team finished 7-7, seven and seven, and uh, Tampa Bay got third place because they went 8-8, eight and eight. and it just goes back to the three games that were postponed, that were supposed to be at the Columbus Civic Center back on March the 10th, 11th, and 12th. Now, I can understand why those games were canceled, but if you look at the end of the regular season, look at how great they were at home That could have been the difference of them making the playoffs. But now they are eliminated from the playoffs because Tampa Bay, Central Florida, and Memphis, for the men and the women, all make the playoffs. Let's talk about the men's team. They lost to Tampa 15-7. Tampa Bay actually rode a two-game win streak. They were able to beat the best team in the league, Central Florida, and then they were able to beat the Rapids. And so the Columbus Rapids finish 5-9 on the season and finish in fourth place. But year two has been a success for the Rapids. I was glad to see them finish the year strong, and that's all you really want on, in your teams. And I'm really looking forward to if there is going to be a year three, which I, I think there will be a year three. And if that's the case, I'm more than willing to come back and, and call games for the Columbus Rapids because I enjoy doing it, and and it's really part of my niche being the voice of the Columbus Rapids, even though there's just a lot of uh, people that think that I'm not a soccer guy, but, but I I actually grew to love the sport more and indoor soccer is just growing and growing. And, and as we continue to have outdoor teams in the Chattahoochee Valley, like legends FC, and now fountain city FC is another outdoor team based out of Columbus and all these leagues, CYSC. Concord Fire South, the Opelika Crush, Sousa, the Auburn Thunder, they are all just great clubs and organizations that really get the kids to love soccer. This was a special season for both the men and women's team. I know that the men kind of fell on hard times because they had such a turnover. You know, had three different starters at goalie. They won a six-game losing streak, but they were able to turn it around, and they had a chance at the final game of the regular season To get into the playoffs and that's all you want out of your professional team it was just a tough break for the women first of all i am not a fan of those mini games they had a mini game last week against fayetteville that would have been a home game for both the men and the women's team against fayetteville but that game was postponed they had to have one more game and when you're playing two games back to back and you have to turn around and play a mini game and you lose that's why that's why they're not going to the playoffs. I mean, there's just a lot that was happening this season. And I personally felt that, you know, the men's team really were off to that hot start. I called that game where they defeated the defending NISL champion, Fayetteville Fury, 7-0. But look who was on that team. You had Kurt Newwicki at goalkeeper. You had Kyle Kurt in as a striker. Once they left. The Rapids went on a six-game losing streak. That was the difference in that team. And plus, you didn't have Manny Chavez. You didn't have Brandon Cervantes. There was a lot of pieces from the beginning of the season that were not on the team anymore. But I, I was glad to see them come through. The women's team, I thought this team could compete for a championship. When they went down to Memphis, well, went up to Memphis and beat them on the road for the first time in franchise history, I felt like this team could beat anybody. Yes, they split against Central Florida. I think that hurt them, especially since that was their first loss at the Columbus Civic Center. But they were able to beat Tampa at the Columbus Civic Center, but Tampa had the tiebreaker because they had the goal differential. Sometimes you got to run up the score on these teams because you never know when the goal differential will be the difference between you making the playoffs or you watching the NISL playoffs from the couch. I'm a passionate fan of the NISL as the voice of the Columbus Rapids. And I listened to the broadcast from the other NISL announcers and they did a great job. And I appreciated everything that they did this season. I'm just a passionate fan of the Rapids that wants to see them do well. And uh, good luck next year. I hope that they're able to continue to build this success in as we go into year three. And so I'm looking forward to that. All right. So right now, what are we going to do now? So right now, we are going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to recap the NFL draft. And what grade did the Atlanta Falcons get from some of the draft experts? Don't go anywhere. You don't want to miss it. This is the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Back in a few. How do you make the most of your land?
1: Everyone has their way. The Nelsons depend on their John Deere Gator XUV 835R to get from point A to point B with decoys and the dogs. As much as we got going on, it's all about efficiency. And if you ask the Mosers what they use their Gator XUV 590M for, they tell you. The most fun we have on the Gator is just repping around the property. There are millions of ways to make the most of your land. Learn how to make the most of yours at Deer.com. Nothing runs like a deer.
0: I'm not going to lie. I know nothing about cars, and I don't really mind keeping it that way. This? It's cool. I called CarShield before my car broke down. Thanks to CarShield, I don't have to understand anything about what's broken, because plans can pay for repairs on up to 6,000 parts of my car. Leave fixing cars to the experts and call CarShield before your car breaks down, and maybe save some money for once. It's a thought. Call 800-579-6554. 800-579-6554. and we are back here on the show i do not have a guest today as this is going to be an hour-long show where i just talk nothing but sports the whole hour i felt that monday show because there was a lot going on that it would be better if i didn't have a guest but i got guests lined up all week i got justin dale on tomorrow newly engaged justin dale (laughs) might put him on the spot and ask him about that like what What was his plan when it came to proposing to his uh, fiancé at the Braves game? That was actually pretty awesome. And then I've got on Wednesday, Russell County head baseball coach Tony Dimitri is agreeing to come back on the show. I promised I'd get him on after the baseball season is over. And so he's going to be on on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, he's been a weekly guest. It is Sports Visions, Thrift Behringer, as him and I are going to be calling that Glenwood-Lee Scott Academy game on Wednesday, that doubleheader in the semifinals for the AISA. And I'll get into that when I get into my high school baseball segment. But it has been a very interesting... Oh, and I also forgot, uh, don't forget, that uh, my high school football show will air this Friday, May the 5th. Special guest, WTVM sports anchor Tony Reese is going to join me on the show. and We're going to talk a little bit about high school football and some other stuff that's going on in the Chattahoochee Valley. So you don't want to miss it. All right, we have the NFL draft over the weekend. It's always an event. If you're a college football fan, there's always that college angle. But one thing that I've noticed is that the Philadelphia Eagles general manager is just scouting Alabama and Georgia players. He's picking all the... Offensive players from Alabama, and he's picking all the defensive players for Georgia. So last year, the Georgia Bulldogs got Jordan Davis and N'Kobe Dean. This year, they drafted Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, and Keely Ringo. And not to mention, they traded for DeAndre Swift. So now he's going to be their featured back. So the running joke is I'm starting to see a lot of Georgia Bulldog fans that are changing their Facebook uh, profile to... The, the Philadelphia Bulldogs, and it has a little G in the, in the Philadelphia Eagles logo because now that the Philadelphia Eagles have all these Georgia Bulldogs, I mean, this is the right move. They, these are talented players. I do not fault the general manager for the Eagles for getting the best players available, especially players from the defense from the two-time national champions. So there's no surprise that The Philadelphia Eagles got an A for this draft. And this is according to Mel Kuiper Jr. on ESPN.com. Another team that got an A, the Seattle Seahawks. What can you say? They had a home run draft last year, and they did not skip a beat. They got a lot of draft picks, and they were able to get the best corner, Uh, Devin Witherspoon from Illinois. They got the best wide receiver, Jackson Smith, Jigba, From Ohio State. They also got Derek Hall, a very underrated outside linebacker from Auburn. And then they were able to get Kenny McIntosh in the seventh round out of Georgia. Kenny McIntosh could make this team as a seventh rounder. I mean, he's talented. I think that he's going to be able to make this team. I think that Cameron Young from Mississippi State could be a starter. So they had a very good draft. Now the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, They get an A- for this draft as uh, Paris Johnson Jr., the best offensive tackle in the draft, gets selected, and he is going to protect Kyler Murray's blind side. Of course, when Kyler Murray comes back from his injury. And then they got Michael Wilson from Stanford, and then uh, Clayton Toon, which could possibly make this team. I'm kind of shocked to see how they were able to get... An A minus on this. They got, I mean, Paris Johnson is is the surefire pick, but also BJ Ulari with the pass rushing. And then you also have Owen Papoe, and they got a pretty good draft. So the Arizona Cardinals got an A minus. All right, the Baltimore Ravens. Not only did they lock up Lamar Jackson for a long term deal, he's the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. They got a B plus getting Zay Flowers in the first round. And then they also got Trenton Simpson. You know, Clemson linebackers and defensive ends, they fared well in the NFL. All right, so you look at the Atlanta Falcons. I'm not going to go through all the teams. I'm going to talk about what the Atlanta Falcons did. We know they got Bajan Robinson with their first pick, and now they have weapons because Desmond Ritter is going to have Kyle Pitts to throw to. Your wide receivers are Drake London, Mac Hollins, and Scotty Miller. And then they also got Johnny Smith as a backup tight end. But getting Bajon Robinson. And then with the second round, they get Matthew Bergeron. I think that he is going to be a starting guard. Uh, I'm not necessarily in his rookie season, but he is going to eventually be a starting guard. I think Zach Harrison could be a starter on the defensive end. Clark Phillips could battle for a nickel corner position. DeMarco Helms, we saw him at Alabama. We saw how good he can be. He goes to the Falcons. And then Jovan Gwynn from South Carolina, not sure if he's going to make the team. But the grade that uh, the Falcons got was a B-. minus. So I'm wondering if, if you agree. But some notes from the nfl draft stetson bennett he gets drafted by the rams in the fourth round and i think he has a chance as he learns under matthew stafford both georgia bulldogs they have that connection that i think he has a chance to be a backup to matthew stafford and if matthew stafford who's injury prone if he gets injured Stetson Bennett can understand Sean McVay's system. Stetson Bennett can be that quarterback that could be a game manager because he's got a brilliant head coach that's a great play caller. So I think that Stetson Bennett went to the perfect place. I would have loved to have seen the Atlanta Falcons draft him and be a backup to Desmond Ritter, but wishful thinking. Some other notes. Callaways take Bigsby. How many uh, Tank Bigsby, Jacksonville Jaguars jerseys you're going to see up in LaGrange? He gets taken by the Jaguars, and Tank Bigsby is going to be probably their featured running back. I think that Tank Bigsby is capable of being a one-two punch in Jacksonville with Travis Etienne and Tank Bigsby. Just congratulations to Tank Bigsby. I remember when he played at Auburn, I mean, he played at Callaway back in 2019, I mean, he left when Callaway won the, the state championship in 2020, but Tank Bigsby is going to have a pretty decent-sized career in Jacksonville. I'm trying to think of where he got uh, selected. As a, I'm trying to get Kevin Eckleberry on the show. He it does everything Troop County as far as covering sports. I actually met him for the very first time up at the Shaw LaGrange baseball game this weekend. But uh, congratulations to Tank Bigsby. I think that that's, that is an honor. I mean, he's he's up there with one of the best uh, players that come out of Troop County. Drafted in the third round, 88th overall, Tank Bigsby is now a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'm wondering if he's going to wear number four, if he's going to wear another number. But I work up in LaGrange. Next time I go into Dunham Sports, I would not be shocked if I saw Jacksonville Jaguar tank Bigsby jerseys because he is a beloved hero in LaGrange because of what he did at Callaway High School. And now he's a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence has got a durable running back alongside Travis Entien. And Tank Bigsby could also catch passes in the backfield. So Trevor Lawrence has got a perfect running back combo. Oh, this was just an incredible NFL draft. And, you know, I'm looking at some of the other uh, drafts uh, that, that we also had. I thought that uh, the Dallas Cowboys, you know, had a pretty decent draft. I think getting Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn could probably win the backup job to Tony Pollard. I think that they had a pretty good draft and so the, you know the NFL draft is just always a great time and unfortunately sometimes you have teams that didn't do so well in the draft so they end up getting a grade that you're thinking to yourself what in the world a lot of these grades are a b minus i did not see any uh, grades that were considered like a c plus did anybody really have a bad draft? Because a lot of people said that, that the 49ers had a bad draft. Well, I mean, they didn't have two picks. They didn't have the first two rounds because they traded away to get Trey Lance, and then they traded all their picks to get Christian McCaffrey. So you can't really judge the 49ers draft because a lot of their picks were compensatory picks. But they were able to get Jake Moody. I think that that was really high to get a kicker in the third round. But that's a need. They needed a kicker because Robbie Gold is left. So Jake Moody, who was not really considered the best kicker in college, he goes to the 49ers in the third round. Cameron Law, too, I remember Cameron Law, too made a lot of big-time plays for Alabama. That's going to be a pretty good, decent tight end to back up George Kittle. And then is Ronnie Bell going to make this team? You also have Robert Beal making, uh, you know, for the Georgia Bulldogs in the, in the fifth round. Some of the other teams that didn't fare so well, uh, the New Orleans Saints. I mean, it was a very interesting draft for the Saints because they traded away their first rounder to let Sean Payton take the head coaching job in Denver. That was very interesting. Jake Hayner. I'm not sure. He's going to probably back up Derek Carr. But then they got Brian Brees, the defensive tackle from Clemson. Vegas had a very interesting draft because Tyree Wilson, I think that he is going to be a 10-sack rookie immediately. And then Michael Bayer, well, he takes the place of Darren Waller, who's now with the New York Giants. So now Jimmy Garoppolo has got a favorite target. Looking at some of the other uh, picks, let's see, uh, Tampa Bay, a little puzzling that they picked a defensive tackle when there was a quarterback on the board. And here's a big story that I forgot to mention. Will Levis, he was in the green room waiting and waiting. He finally gets nabbed in the second round by the Tennessee Titans. It looks like the Titans are bailing on Malik Willis. And they're not too sure about Ryan Tannehill, but do you agree with that? You're a quarterback. You think you're going to get selected in the first round, and I don't think it's fair that the media just puts the camera on your face and your disappointment and your facial expressions. And then he was getting roasted on Twitter, roasted on social media because you know he had his girlfriend there, and that's you know, come on. Stop beating up the guy. I mean, he's sad, obviously, because he did not become a first-rounder. Will Levis is a talent. He's got a cannon for an arm. I think that Will Levis could be a Pro Bowl quarterback, but he could also be Zach Wilson. It there's, It's hard to tell what Will Levis is going to be. Uh, so we'll see. Only time will tell. But Will Levis falls to the second round. Some of the other quarterbacks that came off the board, Hendon Hooker, he gets selected by the Detroit Lions. And, uh, you know, last year we had uh, Brock Purdy, who was Mr. Irrelevant, who really, I think he's become the franchise quarterback for the 49ers. And I'm not being a homer. I'm not being biased. I honestly feel... That Brock Purdy is going to be a top 10 quarterback when it's all said and done. When it's all said and done, he is going to be a top 10 quarterback. Absolutely. But Dijon Johnson, the defensive end from Toledo, is taken with the final pick by the LA Rams. Mr. Irrelevant, Dijon Johnson. So congratulations for getting drafted. I mean, that's quite an accomplishment. All right, NBA playoffs. I watched some NBA playoffs yesterday. You know, it did not live up to the hype, but, you know, I'd like to say on this show, there's the two greatest words in sports is a game. Game seven is the two greatest words in sports. But unfortunately, the warriors Kings game did not live up to the hype. The last time Sacramento was in a game seven at home, it didn't turn out all that great for him. And this game was non-competitive. As Steph Curry hits 50 points, the Golden State Warriors knock off the Sacramento Kings 120-100, to 100, and they will play the Los Angeles Lakers in the second round on Tuesday. And I got time here on the show to preview that game because it's a very fascinating. Steph versus LeBron. Draymond Green versus Anthony Davis. There are so many matchups. The defending champions... Versus the team that has the most championships. You know, the Lakers have really been the the staple of the franchise. But for the past five, six years, it's been all about the Golden State Warriors. So that's going to be a fascinating matchup. The Heat were able to beat the Knicks in the Garden. And this was the one o'clock game. I was listening to the game as well. And there was no Julius Randle. I did not like the Knicks' chances in game one with no Julius Randle. But even though the Knicks seem to control this game, the Heat just could not go away. They have fight in them. And besides Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, who is Miami got as far as a star goes? An aging Kevin Love? Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, they got some pieces from the team that went to the finals in 2020. But it's really not just about Jimmy Butler. You know, he could go off anytime. Playoff Butler has been activated. But how would Playoff Butler handle a Tom Thibodeau defense? Well, Jimmy Butler had an efficient game. He had 25 points, he shot 50%. But the key is he had 11 rebounds, he had several blocks, he had several steals. Jimmy Butler had a very efficient game, and they were able to withstand that ruckus crowd at the Garden with Spike Lee and Chris Rock, and you had all the stars there at Madison Square Garden, because this was the biggest playoff game in 10 years for the New York Knicks. I think the Knicks will bounce back in Game Two, especially if Julius Randle is healthy and he is playing. NBA playoffs. I mean, this is what I live for. I love having the NBA playoffs, and I love the fact you know Thrift Behringer is going to be on the show on Wednesday to talk NBA playoffs because the Denver Nuggets looked like the overall number one seed. They were able to defeat the Phoenix Suns one twenty five to one oh seven. It was just. Jamal Murray entering, you know, just a different dimension, 34 points. You know, Jamal Murray had just a great playoff series so far, and the Joker is really doing it all. He has just been a versatile big with the passing, and he had 24 points. And you have the the energy from Kentavious Caldwell-Pope. You have Aaron Gordon, the former Slam Dunk champion who's also a big energy guy, and Michael Porter Jr., trying to see if to get him going. But I think this Denver Nuggets team can make it to the NBA Finals. I honestly do. They're not just a regular season team, let's wrap up the number one seed and we got home court and good luck trying to beat us in the high altitude. They're more than just that. I think to win the series against Phoenix, and I think that they defeat whoever they play next, whether it's the Lakers or the Warriors and the Diver nuggets are going to go to the NBA finals. It is about time. They have been close. Let me, let me, let me get it. You know, let me, let me keep it real for you. The Denver nuggets have been close. They have absolutely been close. Do you remember? Cause I remember back when they had Carmelo, Anthony, Chauncey Billups. Oh Yeah. When they went to the Western Conference Finals back in 2009, they had home court. Their head coach was George Carl. And then they ran into a Lakers team where they lose in six, but they had home court. But the Lakers were just too much. That was the Lakers' first championship without Shaquille O'Neal when Paul Gasol joined Kobe Bryant and they won one with Phil Jackson, and they won another one in 2010. It was that Denver Nuggets team. You remember when Kobe really took it to another level, and his facial expression showed how intense he was, and he was willing to do whatever it took to win the game? Well, because the NBA is wide open, I don't think there's a team like that. Even the Warriors, the defending champions, are flawed. And we're going to find out pretty soon how flawed they are when they take on a Lakers team, which they're rolling. Right now, the Lakers, the way they dismantled the Memphis Grizzlies in that Game 6 down at the Crypto Arena, it was something special to watch. And I think the Lakers are on a mission. This is why this is going to be so fascinating to see the Lakers and the Warriors. I can't wait. I absolutely... Can't wait. I think it's about that time to take another break. But when we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit about Columbus State softball, baseball, and LaGrange baseball. And I'll also get into some high school baseball as well. You don't want to go anywhere. This is the Sports Beat with Richard Holderidge, and we'll be back in a few. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new
1: location. 31 Jackson Street, Suite A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 1030 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine-in, take-out. It's Wishbone Fried Chicken. Right next door to their former location, bringing you the best chicken around. So great! Wishbone Fried Chicken 31 Jackson Street Sweet A here in Noonan. Got mold? Call the Moldman, specializing in crawl space and interior mold remediation, encapsulations, and basement waterproofing since 2019. The Moldman team takes pride in keeping your family healthy and your whole mold free. Visit our website, themoldmanllc.com, to schedule a
0: quote or give us a call at 678 227 9763.
1: Hey, sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's Funnest Sports Talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it, because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey,
0: sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks that's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks weekdays 3pm to 5pm right here on WQEE 99.1 FM and welcome back to the Sports Beat episode 613 just in case you're wondering and don't forget I'm actually in the works, thanks to Thread Bob. I'm in the works of getting some sports beat swag. So uh, that's going to be on the lookout. You don't want to miss it. Now back to the show. Boy, Columbus State softball, they are on a mission. I, I had the privilege of seeing them at Cougar Field on Friday afternoon. They were taking on Young Harris in the first round of the Peach Belt Conference tournament. And it was where the half of the bracket, you have two the two top teams host the tournament. And so North Georgia was hosting the other bracket. Columbus State was hosting this side of the bracket. And it was a double elimination tournament. They had no problem with Young Harris College on Friday. Hannah Rose Corbin hit two home runs. She has been their leading home run hitter with 21 on the season. But the Columbus State Lady Cougars as a team has hit 98. You got 19 home runs by Kinsey Bayer. You got 18 home runs by Elise Ambrose. And Brooke Miller has got 14 home runs. Hannah Rose Corbin did pick up the victory on Friday. And then on Saturday, it was a very tough game, but they were able to get the 10-9 victory against Lander. They turn around on Sunday and they take on Lander again for the championship on this side of the bracket. They had no problem with Lander winning it 8 to 6. And so they advance to the PBC championship where they will host. It will be a best of 3 against North Georgia on Friday, May the 5th. And you can catch that game on Cougar Radio 88.5 WCUG. But here's another broadcaster that I just enjoy watch, watching and listening to, Scott Miller. What incredible broadcasting by Scott Miller. With these games. It was incredible. Now Columbus State Baseball. They were on the road. They were up in Bellidgeville. They took two out of three against Georgia College. But uh, they will actually travel to America's Georgia. For the first round of the Peach Belt Tournament. Because it's going to be hosted by Georgia Southwestern. And so, you know, not too far. But, you know, they get the fourth seed. You know, they finish in fourth place in the Peach Belt. And uh, their first game is going to be on uh, May the 5th. So uh, they're going to take on Georgia College this Friday in America's Georgia. So we have the conference tournament that is going on for the Columbus State Cougars baseball team. And good luck to Coach Appleton and his team. as They've got a great team that with Derek Weil and Matthew McDay, their top hitters, Noah Winhorse who's already pitched a no-hitter this season. And what Craig Appleton's done as the head coach has been fascinating as the Columbus State Cougars are trying to make it back to the Super Regionals and try to get back to the D2 College World Series. The LaGrange baseball team, they wrap up their sixth straight conference title. They took two out of three against Huntington over the week as they get ready for CCS, Conference tournament play, and I'll try to get some updates as I go during the week. Right now, 27 and 13 overall, 13 and 5 in the CCS, and uh, they will host a game at Cleveland Field at Williamson Stadium. Looking forward to that. And then uh, let's go ahead and get into some high school baseball playoffs because I happen to be in attendance up at the branch. Shaw versus Lagrange. They played a doubleheader. I did not make it to the first game. Uh, The first game was pushed up at one because of inclement weather, and so I made it up there for the second game. Shaw lost eleven to five in the first game. Lagrange put up seven runs, but Shaw was able to come back and cut it to seven to five. But just too much firepower for the Lagrange Grangers as uh, they win that one. And then they defeat Shaw once again, 13-1. to 1. So Shaw's season does come to an end, but they've had an incredible run. And congratulations to the Shaw Raiders for making it to the second round of the playoffs. Now LaGrange will await the winner of West Forsyth or Holy Innocence Episcopal, which we're playing today in a game three, best of three. Now, if West Forsyth wins, LaGrange is going to be hosting a elite a game at the branch but if holy innocence episcopal wins they're going to be going on the road because both are number one seeds holy innocence episcopal and lagrange and you know that ghsa coin flip resulted in one of the number one seeds getting the home field and they'll do the flip again in the final four hey the championship this year is going to be a cool field so that's going to be pretty awesome the home of the gwinnett stripers All right, we did have some other action in high school baseball. Harris County season comes to an end on Saturday. They lose to Locust Grove, 9-5 and 5-1. And then you have Northside. They were able to split the doubleheader against Greenbrier, 9-2, and then they lost the second game, 9-2. So today, up in Greenbrier, a winner-take-all to try to make it to the Elite Eight. And then the Columbus Blue Devils was able to split the doubleheader on Saturday against Morgan County 4-1, to one, and then they lost 4-1. to one. So a winner-take-all today, game three for the right to go to the Elite Eight. We got Schley County that they are taking on Lake Oconee on May the 4th. You got Calvary Christian in the Final Four. They will start their series on May the 5th. And congratulations to the Calvary Christian softball team winning their second straight state title. And then we also have the brackets for the GIAA as the number nine seed Brookstone will travel to take on Mount DeSales on May the 1st. And then St. Apicelli is hosting a game at Dymel Field as they are the number six seed. They're taking on Stratford Academy, the number 11 seed on May the 1st. So, yes, the GIAA finals are going to be at SRP Park in Augusta, Georgia, home of the Augusta Green Jackets. And uh, that's right there on the Riverwalk, too. Such a nice ballpark. So, the GIAA finals are going to be there. A I S A action. You got the Glenwood Gators taking on Lee Scott Academy this Wednesday in the semifinals. In the other bracket, Bessemer Academy is taking on Macon East. I'm excited because I'll be helping out Thrift Berenger on his Facebook page, calling the doubleheader on Wednesday against Lee Scott and Glenwood, trying to get their 23rd state title. And they have not won one since 2017. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then you have Smith Station taking on Baker on May the 4th, on Star Wars Day at 7 p.m. And then Central taking on Enterprise also, May the 4th at 7 p.m. That game is going to be at Central. And there's a possibility we could see a backyard brawl in baseball in the final four. So good luck to the Smith Station Panthers. Good luck to the Central Red Devils. Also, I did forget to mention that the Central softball team, who's ranked number one in the state, they are going to be in action May the 1st in their region tournament, taking on the Opelika Lady Bulldogs. So the Central softball team is in action. You also have the Glenwood softball team in action as well. So good luck to everybody. I'm really looking forward to baseball playoffs here in the Chattahoochee Valley. All right. It is the final segment of the show, so I'm going to take another commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about the Atlanta Braves atlanta united nhl playoffs xfl usfl you don't want to go anywhere this is the sports beat with richard holdridge we'll be back
1: Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bug, German Roach, and flea Control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Find. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control. 34 Jefferson Street, Newton, 770-954-9941. Want to give back to your community in a meaningful way? Cares for Kids is a Keller Williams Realty-founded charity in which 100% of money raised goes directly to children in need in our area. Cares for Kids helps fund local organizations like Angel's House, Coweta Casa, Elevate, and more. Help Cares for Kids reach their mission of serving one million children. Call 678-634-9770 today to learn more on how to be involved, or text K4K Noonan to 44321 to donate.
0: This week's Property of the Week is located at
1: 688 Cheatham Road in Griffin, Georgia. This 32.14 acre track is waiting to find its new owner. This property features a three-bed, two-bath home built in 1890. An 18 by 28 utility shed ran with its own power and water, fencing for horses and other livestock, and timber such as pine, oak, and pecan trees. Call 678-634-9770 for more information.
0: And welcome back to the Sports Beat with Richard Holders. How is everybody doing here on the 1st day of May? And it is Justin Timberlake day. And a lot of people don't get that joke, but uh you know, hey, he was in a group called InSync and he had a song said it's gonna be May. Anyway, I'm not going to seen it, don't worry. All right, the Atlanta Braves you know, I thought I was going to get on the show and talk about what a big series the Atlanta Braves had over the weekend against the New York Mets because I talked this up on Friday. Well, they didn't really play the Mets that much. And, you know, when I have Justin Dale on the show tomorrow, we're probably not going to get into a whole lot of it. But they did beat the Mets on Friday, four to nothing, in five innings because the game was called because of rain. Max Fried picks up the victory. He's 2-0 on the season. And right now, the Atlanta Braves have a three-game lead over the New York Mets. But that's not the story. The story was that it poured down rain so hard in New York that Saturday's game got canceled. And then Sunday's game got postponed. So we have a situation here where we got a doubleheader going on today but we do have the makeup game is going to be set August the 12th. One of the games is going to be set for August the 12th. And then you also have a makeup day for the game that was rained out on Sunday. So because they were going to play the Mets in a four game series, they're going to, there's going to be a doubleheader today. There's still just a lot of baseball action going on all over the country. And, you know, the big surprise is that the Pittsburgh Pirates have the best record in all of Major League Baseball. One thing that I'm very interested to see with the Pirates is how they could sustain this as long as they can. I do think that the Pirates' uh, ceiling is, is short. I mean, they haven't been to the playoffs since 2015. And really, the last time they actually did not lose a wild card game. They lose in the division series in 2013. That was back when Clint Hurdle was the manager. Andrew McCutcheon was the player. But before that, the last time they were in the playoffs was 1992. So that was the last time that they won a playoff series was 1992. And guess what? Barry Bonds was on that team. The Pirates have not had much success when it comes to postseason baseball. They just had a three-year span from 2013 to 2015. They've had a lot of losing seasons. Right now, they have the best record in the National League. Over in the American League, it's the Tampa Bay Rays with a 23-6 and record. But you know they started the season 13-0, and uh, they're still trying to sustain that. And then the Baltimore Orioles. The Orioles, 19-9. The Orioles are another team that I want to see do good. They got a lot of young prospects, and they really haven't been relevant. It's been a while since the Orioles were relevant. In fact, the last time they made the postseason, they lost in the ALCS in 2014. Yeah, they did lose the wildcard game in 2016, but they lost the ALDS in in 2012, and that was back when they had Manny Machado, and uh, Buck Showalter was their manager. I mean... Is not is Buck Showalter not the best manager in baseball? Look at what he's done. Every team that Buck Showalter has been a manager, the Mets, he made the Mets relevant just just by his presence. He's able to make the Mets relevant. He led the Diamondbacks, you know, to winning seasons. You know, they won the World Series in two thousand one with Bob Brindley, but Buck Showalter was the catalyst that got the Diamondbacks to where they needed to go. Yeah, he had a pretty good stint with the Texas Rangers. You know, the Orioles, he he led them to several playoff appearances. I mean, seriously, the guy is a very underrated manager. All right, let's talk about Atlanta United. Losing to Nashville SC, I mean, this is a very good team, but Thiago Amalda, he, he's really their star player. He gets the goal to keep it close. Nashville puts it up. Jacob Schaffelberg in the 90th minute. And Nashville gets the victory over Atlanta, but looking at the table standing standings, Atlanta is still in third place in the Eastern Conference. Not bad at all. I think that Atlanta United will be fine. They'll take on Inter-Miami on May the 6th, and they will welcome back, well, they're going to Miami, but they're going to get to see Joseph Martinez once again, reunited with his former team. And then XFL, we have got semi-final games in the XFL as the DC defenders defeated the Seattle dragons 37 to 21 the Arlington Renegades defeated the Houston Roughnecks 26 to 11 and so the championship is set May the 13th they're not calling it the million dollar game but it is the Arlington Renegades four and six could this be the first champion with a losing record I'm kind of curious but the Arlington Renegades make it to the championship game with a 4-6 and six record taking on the D.C. Defenders, who've been the best team all season long. Wow. I cannot believe that I'm saying that we could have a champion with a losing record. That is absolutely incredible. Looking at your score updates from the USFL Wow, the Birmingham Stallions, the defending champion Birmingham Stallions, lose to the New Orleans Breakers 45 to 31, you got the Houston Gamblers defeated the Memphis Showboats 30 to 26, the Pittsburgh Maulers defeated the Philadelphia Stars 21 to 13. When are they going to be able to play games in Pittsburgh and Philadelphia? I can't believe these teams are playing on neutral fields. The New Jersey Generals defeated the Michigan Panthers 28 28- to 13 your latest standings in the usfl the new jersey generals and the michigan panthers both with a two and one record the new orleans breakers are three and oh the birmingham stallions are two and one and the memphis showboats have yet to win a game but still the fan base in memphis loves their showboats i mean have you seen the liberty bowl at these games Don't forget the Columbus Lions are in action on May the 14th against the South Florida Thunder. It is the opener in the American Indoor Football Alliance. The Columbus Lions, May the 14th, and Mothers getting in free. Yes, it is Mother's Day, and uh, that's going to be fun. I can't wait for Columbus Lions football. It's a new league. They're no longer in the National Arena League. I mean, you had some great National Arena League teams, the Jacksonville Sharks, the San Antonio Gunslingers. You know, I actually enjoy covering the National Arena League. I did last season uh, when the Lions were in the National Arena League, but that's always fun. I'm going to close this show out with some NHL playoffs. We had probably the biggest upset – since the San Jose Sharks beat the Detroit Red Wings back in 1993. The Florida Panthers shocked the world, and they defeated the Boston Bruins 4-3 to in overtime. Wow. The Boston Bruins, who won the President's Cup with 135 points, lose to a team that barely got in with 92 points. You don't think Miami is on fire right now? With the Miami Heat up 1-0 on the New York Knicks. You got the Florida Panthers knocking off the best team in the NHL. It's crazy what's going on. Then you got a Game 7 right now. The Seattle Kraken taking on the defending cup champion Colorado Avalanche. Today, it's another Game 7. Oh, I love Game 7s. It's the two best words in sports. The New York Rangers and the New Jersey Devils. Game 7 tonight. 8 o'clock puck drop on ESPN. Some of the other games, the Toronto make-beliefs they win a playoff series for the first time since 2004. I'm starting to become a believer in this team now that the Boston Bruins are out of it. Austin Matthews is one of the best stars in the NHL. Wouldn't that be great if it was Toronto and Edmonton in the Stanley Cup final? You would have Austin Matthews going up against Connor McDavid. It, It would not be... Better than that, but I think that the Vegas Golden Knights, I think, could make a Stanley Cup final run. The Edmonton Oilers did defeat the keens and then uh, the other winners. You had the let's see the uh, the Golden Knights already won their series, so uh, they await the winner in the second round of the NHL playoffs. Well, let me tell you something. This has been a great show. I can't believe that I went the full hour. I didn't have a guest. I talked about my swag, so you can get one of those. Uh, I'm actually going to get a Sports Beat polo shirt with the logo. As you can see, the yep, there you go, right there, the logo right there. That's going on the Sports Beat polo shirt that I'm going to order, so I can make it look official when I go to these sporting events. I want to thank all my listeners out there. I've had such a fun time here on the show. Don't forget, Justin Dale is coming on the show tomorrow, and I'm going to roast him with a bunch of questions about his engagement. I'm just kidding. No, I just I want to thank Ryan O'Neal at the station up at WQEE for giving me this opportunity. I couldn't have done this without you. Stay tuned for Braves Country Baseball with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. That's coming up next. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day. Stay safe. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.